Hello and welcome to Jazzy Talks with Jazzy Thompson. Um, today we are going to be talking about Ted Bundy. Um, and who is Ted Bundy, you may ask. Ted Bundy is a serial killer from the 1970s. He raped and killed um, 30 known women, but experts believe that there are many, many more. Um, Ted seemed to be the type of guy you would want to date as a woman. He was very kind and empathetic, charismatic, and he was very good looking for his time. Um, he always seemed to care about other people, but under all these things, he was really a very horrible guy, um, obviously. Um, Ted was born in Burlington, Virginia on November 24th, 1946. He grew up in a fairly normal family. He was Christian. He went to church. His mom was very loving. The only thing that was off was his dad was not in his life. His mom was a widow, but they lived with her mom's or his mom's parents. So with his grandma and grandpa. And in elementary school, he did have a speech impediment. He was teased for that. Um, but he loved playing football and going fishing. And sadly, from a young age, his relatives even report him loving to scare people. He loved getting the reaction out of people that he would scare with um, these traps that he would make. And just like scaring them in general. Um, All of Ted's life, he really wanted to be something he wasn't. He wanted to be the all-star. He wanted to be the one that people would remember. He wanted to be very athletic. He wished he was athletic and was, like, the star quarterback. Um, He wanted to be exceptionally smart, but he was smart, but he just wasn't to the point where he wanted to be. Um, He never called himself a social outcast, but he was antisocial. He never really found his group of people. Um, But after high school, in 1966, Ted attended college at the University of Washington in Washington State. And while at this university, he met a beautiful young woman named Diane. And this girl happened to be Ted's first love, because like I said in high school, he just... He wasn't, he never had girlfriends, he never had, like, best friends, he was just kind of on his own. Um, she, Diane, was everything that Ted wished he was. She was wealthy and very caring and very, very smart. Um, when they went on dates, they spent a lot of time driving around together in her car, and... Throughout his college experience, he found a spot where he really belonged in politics. And by the end, by the time he graduated college, he was um, a very successful politician um, in Washington. And during this time, like right after he graduated college, was when he decided to buy a Volkswagen Bug, a tan Volkswagen Bug. And then he also decided he wanted to go to law school in Utah. Um, By the end of 1973, uh, Ted and Diane's relationship started to fall apart. Ted 
um, says that he felt he was falling apart and that um, she was starting to notice it and that's one of the main reasons why she left. Because of this, Ted felt a very strong sense of rejection and hurt. Um, These feelings did not mix well with him. It made him want to get some sort of revenge on Diane. And that leads up to his first victim in 1973, which was Linda Ann Healy. Linda Ann Healy was a girl who had the same general description as Diane. She had dark hair, same body shape, and was also very smart. Um, She was going to the University of Washington, and that is where he saw her, and that's where she went missing. Um, Shortly after Linda Healy went missing, Georgia and Hawkins also disappeared from Washington. Um, And then between the months of January and June of 1974, four more women went missing um, in and around Washington, um, University of Washington. These girls were named Donna Manson, Susan Rancourt, Roberta Kathleen Parks, and Brenda Ball. Ted reports in an interview that these murders left him hungry and hoping that the next one would leave him fulfilled even though deep down he knew that none of them would um fulfill him he would always be left hungry um by mid 1974 ted met a woman at a bar and he instantly fell in love with her her name was elizabeth clopfer um she opened up a way of living to him that he had just never experienced before and he talked all the time about torturing himself about losing her he couldn't imagine a life without her in july 1974 ted arrived at lake sammamish state park in washington state here is where he is most known in washington he would Uh, have his arm in a sling as if he was hurt, injured, and would ask women to help him load a sailboat into his car. And um, he was unfortunately able to kidnap Denise Nasland and Janice Ott. Um, Because of this case, people, there were so many witnesses at this park because it was a time of like, it was in the summer, so there was state there was fairs going on there was just so many people at this park so um there were so many witnesses and people report him uh introducing himself as ted so now the police had a sketch of someone that they knew named was ted and they knew he drove a volkswagen bug soon after this his attacks at lake sammamish nancy nancy wilcox went missing And then just weeks after that, Laura Amy disappeared. And then right after that, Melissa Smith was reported missing. And Laura and Melissa's bodies were found in a mountain range in Washington. In August of 1974, Elizabeth Klopfer, so Ted's girlfriend, called the police and stated that she was worried about her boyfriend Ted Bundy and that they should take a look at him she was not certain it was him but she 
had a strong sense that it was and there were some connections to him one being that um uh they were at a family gathering and ted left early uh and didn't come home again until early the next morning and this was the same night that brenda ball went missing um ted moved to utah to start law school during the fall of 1974 and this is also when the murders and missing girls in washington had just abruptly stopped ted started law school like i said in 1974 and on november 8th of 1974 carol deranch was attacked by bundy and she fortunately was able to escape she drove to the police department and uh gave a statement and then after that uh deborah kent went missing he drove to a an elementary school and abducted deborah kent um and then karen campbell was abducted from colorado on january 7th of 1975 um after that karen after karen went missing julie cunningham and denise alverson were also abducted from colorado in march of 1975 a group of locals were hiking on taylor mountain in washington state and while on their hike they came across what they thought was an animal but it ended up being a human skull and this skull was the skeletal remains of brenda ball as investigators were searching for the rest of her remains they found um, skeletal remains of five other women. Linda Healy, Susan Rancourt, Roberta Parks, Janice Ott, and Denise Naslin's skeletal remains were all found on this mountain. Um, the evidence on these remains, however, were almost non-existent. Because of the circumstances, they had no way of knowing how they were killed, and because this was in the 1970s, they don't have the technology we do now so they were not able to determine what happened or link some of it to him um and then in august of 1975 in the state of utah ted bundy was arrested for failing to stop at the request of an officer he was arrested in utah and the police found a suspicious gym bag under the passenger seat of his car This bag was filled with a ski mask, an ice pick, pry bar, handcuffs, strips of torn sheets, and women's undergarments. And because of all these suspicious items, Ted Bundy was now a prime suspect in the Durant case. A few days before he was brought in for a lineup, he had completely changed his appearance. Besides the fact, Carol Durant was able to... uh, pick him out of the lineup just by his voice and because of this ted bundy was then charged with the attempted kidnapping of carol deranch and the murder of deborah kent Uh, on july 23rd of 1976 
he was now 29 years old, Ted Bundy was starting his first trial. Um, many people, especially young women, found him very fascinating. Fascinating. They thought he was innocent. They said many times that there were no way that he was the one that did this. He just seemed too nice and um, so innocent. After this trial, Ted was sent to Utah State Prison for a 90-day psychological evaluation to determine whether or not he was violent. And after spending weeks with, or after spending days um, with Ted, the um, doctor found that he did have a violent side. And because of this, Ted was charged with first-degree murder with premeditation, which carried to the death penalty. On June 7th of 1977, um, in the Pitkin County Courthouse in Colorado, Ted was having a preliminary meeting for one of his trials. During the hearing, they took their normal morning recess, and Ted was left alone in the back courtroom of the law library. This was when Ted had decided to jump out of the two-story window of the courthouse. He he fled Aspen, hiking for five days, and then on the sixth day, he was cold and hungry and decided that he would just have to see what happens. Ted was then arrested for the third time in Colorado on that sixth day. Ted was waiting for the murder of Karen waiting for the trial of the murder of Karen Campbell in December of 1977. Just six months later of his first escape, he had decided it was time to escape again. During, on December 31st, 1977, he escaped through a loose ceiling light fixture in his cell. He climbed through the vents to a jailer's room, stole the jailer's clothing, and just walked out of the prison. Ted Bundy had then went from Colorado to Utah to Chicago, Illinois to Florida. After he successfully made it to Florida during the early morning hours of January 15th of 1978, Ted Bundy had entered the Chi Omega sorority house. At the sorority house, he killed Margaret Bowman, Lisa Levy, and then in the other room, he attacked Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler. And fortunately, Kathy and Karen both managed to survive. Hours later, police received a call that there had been another attack. Only six blocks from the Chi Omega house, still on University of Florida land, Cheryl Thomas was found brutalized and beaten in her bed. Within the series of these attacks, Ted had made a big mistake that would be one of the leading pieces of evidence in his upcoming trial. During the Chi Omega attacks, he had left a bite mark on one of the bodies. On February 9th, 1978, Ted was ready to strike again after being missing for 40 days. His next target was Lake City, Florida. A 12-year-old girl, Kimberly Leach, disappeared from a schoolyard. Eight eight weeks after she went missing, investigators found her body in a deserted tin shack.
After being missing for 48 days, Ted Bundy was arrested for a high-speed chase in Pensacola, Florida. He was driving a stolen Tallahassee car and gave a fake name to the police and had a fake ID to prove it. Once his name was released to the police, the real Kenneth Meisner called the police and said that he was at home, that it wasn't him. After multiple days of Ted refusing to give up his identity, he eventually agreed to identify himself in exchange for a phone call with his girlfriend, Liz. During this phone call, he told Liz that he was sick. He was consumed by something that he did not understand and could not contain. And then, in April 1978, Ted was put into one of the most secure cells of Leon County Prison, Florida. And right after he was moved into this prison, police sent him to a dentist to get molds of his teeth to determine whether or not it was his bite mark on the body of the Chi Omega victim. On the 1st of June in 1979, the trial for the Chi Omega murders began. The courtroom was packed. Bundy's defense attorney tried to get him a plea deal because at this point his only their only goal was to keep him alive because he had already been sentenced to the death penalty once um one the lead prosecutor this is a quote from the lead prosecutor Larry Simpson he thinks he is smart enough to get away with anything with any crime Give him the same amount of mercy that he gave Lisa Levy and Margaret Bowman, which was absolutely none, end quote. In court on July 1st, they showed the bite marks and Ted's matching dental records. Once this became a lead, a big lead in evidence, Ted felt humiliated. After six months of deliberating, or six hours, sorry, after six and a half hours of deliberating, the jury found him guilty. He was found guilty of three counts of murder and two. He was found guilty of th- three counts of first degree murder. In the state of Florida, this sent him to the electric chair. In November of 1979, the Kimberly Leach trial began. They had no. They had way more evidence for this trial, including an eyewitness, blood stain, fibers of Kimberly's clothing, and Ted's shoe tracks. During this time, Ted was defending himself in the trial alongside his counsel, although he did not finish law school, so people found him, some people found him not eligible to be defending himself. Um... He made two mistakes. His first mistake was proposing to his girlfriend while she was on the stand, and then he compared himself to Jesus. While the jury was reading their decision, Ted sat with his back turned towards the judge. And then, once he was found guilty and sentenced to death for the second time, he had an outburst. Ted exclaimed to the court, quote, Tell the jury they were wrong, end quote. Ted and his fiance had found a way to have sexual intercourse while he was while she was visiting him in prison. While he was on death row, she had found out she was pregnant. 
She later had a baby girl and named her Rosa. In the mid-80s, FBI profilers became a more well-known thing. Profilers were talked to serial killers, including Ted Bunny, to help them understand the minds of the serial killers. Ted had made a big impact in their knowledge. In 1986, a week before he was originally scheduled to be executed, he was sent to see a psychologist. After spending a lot of time with Bundy, this psychologist diagnosed him with manic depressive disorder. His defense lawyer, Ted's defense lawyer, argued endlessly that Ted was not fit to defend himself in the 1980 trials and that he deserved to be re-evaluated before execution. Despite their efforts, in January of 1989, the Supreme Court signed the official document. Ted Bundy would be executed on January 24th of 1989. During the last few days before his death, he tried to confess, he decided to confess and tell his story. Ted was convinced that by confessing, the government would grant him a few more years before death. On January 22nd, Ted Bundy confessed to 30 murders in five western U.S. states. Although he only confessed to 30, he made a statement while in prison that, quote, the person who is responsible for these acts will be charged with murders in the triple digits, end quote. This, this leads investigators to believe there are more victims that they do not know about. The night before his execution, citizens of Florida were lined up outside the prison celebrating his upcoming death. They were holding up signs chanting, burn, Bundy, burn. Ted's suggested last meal was a traditional steak and eggs. On January 24th, 1989, one of the most infamous serial killers was executed by the electric chair in Tallahassee, Florida. Ted had previously decided he wanted to be cremated and have his ashes spread among the Cascade Mountains where many of his victims were found and where professionals believe there are still many more. <laughs> 